Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello. And welcome to one of the most free-flowing, easy, delicious, funny and informed hooverings I feel like I've had in a while, actually. I'm very close to home and I'm talking to fellow Catford resident and actual winner of Bake Off 2019, the disarmingly brainy and beautiful David Atherton. We had a blast. I need to include a correction this week. Um, Findus Crispy Pancakes come up in this podcast again as being obsolete. But I know, I know, I know. They're not. You've set me straight on the socials and thank you for it. Um, The only thing I care to plug to you outside of the podcast is that I'm actually doing an impromptu preview um, of, I mean, the earliest of all previews of what will eventually be a new show. I say preview at this stage. It's going to be hopefully over half an hour of absolute muddle rambling. Um, but it's with the amazing Bridget Christie, who is touring from the autumn. And I bet I bet her preview is bloody brilliant. Anyway, we're doing that this Sunday in North London at the Aces and Eights in Tufnell Park. It's only a fiver for both of us if you're London-based and fancy a last-minute Sunday night adventure. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please can you tell everyone else about it? Cheers. Subscribe to it if you want. Give it a five-star review. Yum, 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 yum. If you've got actual spare dosh um, knocking about, I'll have it. I'll have it if you want. Um, you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you can do something like give me maybe a fiver a month in exchange for loads of exclusive content and guest recipes and discount tickets to live shows and stuff like that links to everything interesting mentioned in the podcast are as ever in the podcast notes wherever you got this podcast from um and i also have links to everything i've just mentioned in the last sort of mm, uh, minute as well Uh, okay let's get going i'm tits deep in diy hell and moving house at the moment so david very kindly 
invited me round the corner to his absolutely stunning home. It's honestly walking distance um, from my house. What a touch. And even more of a touch, I got baked for by him. Get in, please. Oh, God. It was bamboozlingly delicious and healthy for my gut, apparently. Double touch. Oh, God. Oh, God. He's so kind and so wise. You're in for as much of a treat as I was. Thank you for having me in your beautiful home, in your gorgeous kitchen. You're welcome. For afternoon tea. <laughs> After your what? Eight hour driving lesson. Well, I had a four hour driving lesson, but before then I was working. Oh, God. But luckily, because I work, our offices are all over the world. Yeah. There's people up in Cambodia, so <gasps> I get to work early, then do a driving lesson, then this. Oh, my crumbs. What's that work? Uh, I work baking. in international development. So oh, I, wow. I continue doing my job. Uh, so I do three days a week still wow. as like a health ad- global health advisor for international development. But that does not tie in to the sorts of things you do if you're a global health advisor. And, and oh, it's so interesting. Oh, good for you. I, did, um, I didn't study international development, but I did study law at a university that was very big on international development. So I have a mm. lot of friends who studied it, but not many have carried on working in it, actually. I think it's quite... Yeah, it's quite tough. And I think for me, I liked going into it like I did health first. Right. And then I went into international development yeah. with health. Uh, and yeah, with what I do, it's very much general health. So there's a lot um, to do with diet and nutrition. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's very, very broad. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, it is tough. I mean, partly because I spent a lot of the time um, living and working abroad, which just means you don't really get to save much money. You yeah. You're away from things a lot. Uh, so it's quite hard. And then there's not as many jobs like in the offices in yeah. London, for example. No, fair play. Oh, I've got so many questions. You you won Bake Off in 2019. What a blast. Yeah. It, it was joyful to behold. I thought it was an amazing series. Do you know what, Bake Off, I have never wanted to be on TV, and Bake Off is special because there's no breakdown of the illusion. Because yeah. you're not going to a TV studio where then it's like, Oh, this is what it looks like behind the scenes. Oh, this is kind of fake. Yeah. It really is a tent in a field yeah. with the big, beautiful house. And so... With the weather ruining things. Or yes. What, like, yeah. Or beautiful because you finish a challenge and you're like, oh, I'm just going to light on the grass. Like, it, it, yeah. the magic of what you see on TV, the only thing that's missing is the music. Yeah. But I think if they played the music too much, you would actually probably die of anxiety because it would be too... <laughs> too much <laughs> yeah of course yeah or you just go mad like um, mad in another way from the repetition but um, it did feel like a particularly um, oh I don't know like I feel like everybody formed incredibly lovely bonds on that series for the first time like compared to the series I've watched before that felt really joyful I don't think you can I'm sure not everybody did but like I'm sure it just seemed really lovely actually how much some yeah. of you how, how well some of you got on I think we basically did. It's quite a, kind of strange because I think Love Productions actually got annoyed with us because we got so close. Like they yeah. set up this WhatsApp group and there's one of their um, producers in the, the WhatsApp group. And we straight away was like, okay, let's set up another one without them. Oh, really? And yeah, we were really close. Like we were meeting up yeah. between the weeks. And I just think maybe it was something to do we're with just the We're friends. I mean, yeah. I got yeah. your number from Michael. That's yeah. so lovely. And it's so nice that you're having me because so many people with podcasts and things, it's either the kind of Pokemon I want to collect them all and have like lots of Bake Off people, oh, really? or it's like, oh, I've had one, I can't possibly have another. No so way! So it's kind of like, oh yeah, we've had a Bake Off person. Like, I'm not just a Bake Off person. Excuse like, me, I've got other things yes. to talk about. Also with both South East London residents, which I think makes us epic in our own right. Exactly. Um, Catford. Catford Massive. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I, but since since doing it, you've also written two books, um, Good to Eat and My First Cookbook, which is for kids. I love it. I need to get my mitts on that because the other day I have mined my son for materials as a stand-up because as a toddler he was both violent and accidentally sexist all the time. And now he's five. Um, he has come so full circle that it, somebody had... I, I think it might have been my missus. Somebody somewhere along the line had bought him my first vegetarian cookbook. It's like, um, well, it's lovely actually. I'd never really properly looked at it. And he chose it as a bedtime story. And I thought, that's the sort of thing I'd read before going to nice. recipes. And he picked two things and we made them. And I thought, like, okay, we're off. So I need to get your book now. But is that the point of that one? To get people, to get kids interested in cooking from early, early? Yeah, I think that, I think it's really important that kids 
cook, but also just understand about food early. Yeah. But it's also an encouragement to try and get parents and adults to cook with yeah. their kids, other kids. Because I think you learn a lot kind of together. And it comes from like my mum. My mum didn't mind about things looking perfect, didn't mind about us messing up the recipe, yeah. allowed us to use a knife, allowed us to crack the eggs. Yeah. And it meant that like it was actually fun in the kitchen and that gave us the kind of, that was a, it was a nice place you want yeah. to go and cook. And so I wanted it to be like that. So it's like, it's illustrated, so you don't have all these fancy photos that you could never replicate. Like the yeah. kid will think they're gonna do that photo. It's only yeah. the adults that are like, oh dear. Well also, I think that's the thing with, so my son made a smoothie. Um, I was gonna cheers you then with our sparkling water because his glass is so nice. Cheers, David, cheers. so nice to meet you. Well, yeah, my son made um, a green, a super green smoothie and I've never seen him so joyful to throw handfuls of spinach into a, um, whatever, you know, a, a blender. Um, and there was all this stuff in there and then he made it. It was blooming delicious actually, probably because it had like a bunch of honey in it and peanut butter. But anyway, long story short, he poured it into a glass and it was like, and hold on a minute. And I worked out why he'd chosen it. It had a green and white striped straw in the picture and he knew we had some <laughs> in the crafts box. Yes. So this is it, like if you do have a picture, that's a photograph, a five-year-old is gonna to wanna to make it exactly like that and feel like the most catastrophic failure if they can't. Yes, exactly. And so like yeah, the illustrations in our book, like first of all, the illustrator is also from South London in this area. Um, and she, her drawings are really scribbly and cute and they're yeah. amazing, but the food bits, they're not too exact, so you're yeah. never gonna be disappointed. Oh, perfect. And I, exactly what you just said is one of the biggest inspirations for my book is, I've always loved cooking with kids. Yeah. And what you realize is the kids that say like, mm, I don't like this, don't like that. Yeah. If they make it themselves. If they've made it themselves, they, they will eat down it. it. And they'll Even say it's amazing because we've all got egos. Yes, and my exactly. God, my, yeah. I mean, my five-year-old son has got a one hell of an ego. And if he can be like, I made this, yeah. he'd eat anything probably. Yeah. And that's my, because my first cookbook, actually my next one's coming out in two weeks time. <gasps> Six times oh. No, in September. That's not two weeks' time, yeah. is it? Soon. It's no. pretty much. Pretty it's soon. pretty much two weeks' time. To be honest, it was meant to be out in about a week, but I think okay. all because of Brexit, all of the delays in shipping. Oh, and the next one is my first green cookbook. Oh wow! <laughs> so this, oh, that's amazing. But my main thing is trying to get vegetables and good. Yeah. Because, but not. I don't like. First of all, when I was on Bake Off, I got so much abuse on Twitter for doing healthy things. People what? seem to think that you are attacking them if you want to make healthy food for yourself. And if it's still delicious and you've not sacrificed any deliciousness, I don't understand the... That's sort of a thing. Why I, could you get abused for that? I don't know, people, yeah. Also, it's, um, it's quite a hard and niche line to take on a show called Bake Off. Yeah. Where absolutely you won't be judged on how healthy it is. You'll be judged on what it looks like and tastes like. Exactly. It was my week one fruitcake that didn't yeah. have butter in it. Oh, and see. the judges judging it said, this is almost perfect. You can't even tell it's got no butter. And Twitter was and just like, yeah, see it, David. Yeah, get off. Like, well, actually, we're here for the whole thing. So see you later. <laughs> But yeah, I think that healthy food does not have to taste bad. And my mum was a vegetarian brought us up all yeah. vegetarian and her big thing was like people would come around and be like oh if I could make food like this I'd be vegetarian so you can make yeah. food like this just use just like I don't know I mean back yeah. then step out of the box a bit now yeah. there's no excuse it's amazing yeah. it's everywhere uh, but yeah healthy but then it's, that goes back with people thinking healthy is low fat and all about weight loss it's like that's not no, what no, healthy no, food no. is about yeah healthy food is about so much more it's just um, nutritionally yeah uh, packed and that's and we're both another reason why and I really wanted to hoover with you um, was that when Michael was saying, oh, that you're also in Catford, but he was like, oh, and because he listens to hoovering, he was like, and he's just as obsessed with you as about gut microbes. And so we're both absolute nerds about that. Yeah. Also, I think, so I might be misunderstanding it because I have no background in uh, nutrition or uh, values of things and health, but I have started reading a lot about microbes. But I quite like the idea of letting my grubby kid <laughs> join in with the cooking because there's kind of an element of added microbial diversity to if you've let a filthy child handle your food a little bit more. Exactly. We definitely know that people who are too clean yeah. tend to have not as good an immune system. Yeah. And part of that is to do with the diversity of your, your microbes. Yeah. Uh, and they know that like the people who've got the, the most diverse um, when they did tests and I don't know how they yeah, did the research yeah. were farmers surprise yeah. surprise they live on a farm there's all of those 
earth and dirt and stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah, well, animal stuff. It's all to do with animals. Get off with as many animals. Yes. But I misread the advice. I thought it was just get off with as many animals as you can, kiss all the animals, stroke all the animals. And um, it is, apparently, but only really as a child. Yes. And yeah. so I had, probably within the six months after first reading about that, had a lot of intimacy with animals that was unnecessary for a woman who's just turned 38. But it's never unnecessary. It's never unnecessary because I enjoyed it and so did the animals. I had one dog, I'm a bit obsessed with dogs and my brother and sister-in-law live in the mountains of Bulgaria and they rescue so many. And when we got this tiny little puppy and I taught it to eat the food out of my mouth. <gasps> but then I was told I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. But I did it for quite a long time. Like I, I think I do prefer dogs to humans. They are, oh, they bring me so much joy. They are bringers of joy. Um, yeah, my, my I hadn't had a pet since I was a child and my missus has two cats, so now we have two cats. And she definitely likes them more than people. And they've grown on me, but I still find it, I think it's really funny watching her while she sort of falls in love with and gets to know my human child. I am having a similar thing with hers, where we're both like, yes, we both love each other's children, but uh, there are times where we feel like some discipline is required and it is not coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, I want to ask about Bake Off. Um, Belaza, congratulations, obviously, for actually absolutely bloody winning it. But also, um, I really enjoyed learning from Instagram that you tried to get away with wearing a badge that said, <laughs> I love anal on yes. set one day. What happened there? Did, they, did a producer clock it and just go, no, 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 no. I think basically, <laughs> when you put lots of rules in place, yeah. people try to push it down. They say, yeah. all the time, because they take the thing that. Well, it's not branding or anything. No. No, exactly. <laughs> they take the, your phone off you all the time, so you can't uh, take pictures. But how, we've all got pictures. We all sneak to our yeah. phones to the fence somehow or whatever. And that badge, I really liked it because my partner gave me it. And I wore it. And then realized that it kind of challenged people. Because I, I, like, it's like the serious side of it for me is yeah. the fact that we talk about sex. Sex sells everything. Yeah. But anal sex, oh no, that's dirty. That's just, no, it's not. It's yeah, just yeah, sex. Yeah. Um, but I know it's crude. But I just thought it'd be quite it's funny not if I could get it on grown up. It would have been hilarious. Although then I did think afterwards that for the people like Michael, who's nervous, couldn't handle the challenge, he might have <laughs> had to refilm a whole challenge again. That <laughs> probably wasn't very kind. <laughs> no, I think that would have got him through it. He could have been in a pickle about anything and then he'd have plopped that again and be like, ah! That's true. <laughs> I love it. I want to talk more about gut health because I just want to mine your magnificent brains on that. But um, I also want to eat what's in front of us because the smell of it is going to start distracting me to the point where I'm not going to be able to concentrate on the questions. Which helps with gut health and healthy baking in general. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you've made... I'm going to let you say it first to avoid controversy. Scones. Scones. Yes, please. Uh, Do you know what this means? It's going to mean hoovering first, which is... Two weeks, two consecutive weeks of podcast, uh, double scones. Oh, nice. Yeah. But the then that means were, you've got to say who's the best. Well, the other ones were, were made in a, a posh, fancy restaurant in Bristol. So the, uh, I don't know which human. These already look better because so I love how piggledy they are. These, yeah, I like to kind of do them so they kind of explode and go I wonky and things. It. But these scones, what, this is like an example to me of being able to make something healthy without yeah. sacrificing on flavour, etc. Because usually scones are made with like refined white flour. Uh-huh. And that's how you get that lovely light fluffy texture. Right. But these are made with that, but just having 5% of a wholemeal flour. Is that it? Just and by 5%? Having fa- you can make something wholemeal like, and that's going to be really good for yeah, you. It's yeah. going to be quite dense and heavy. But in terms of feeding your microbes, which yes. feed on the brown parts of all the, grains. all the grains you don't need to have loads of it you just need to have a a meal for them but it's also got ground flax meal in so you've got seeds mm. with like minerals and things and then fiber and it's got some uh almonds is flaxseed the same one that you'd use potentially as an egg substitute in baking if you're yes. vegan yeah yeah it's linseeds and they go really yeah. sticky and gluey when the water gets added to them so they act as a binding agent yeah there. and it's they also got ground almonds really as well so nuts for um, veg- like vegetable cakes like carrot cakes yes. courgette cakes I think exactly. they work perfectly in that yep they bind so it's like it is but I will chant I mean you're going to have to lie if it's not the case I'm going to love but, it and I know like, I I would like to think it still just tastes like a normal light and fluffy scone yet it's but also scones are kind of better than cakes because they've got a tiny percentage of butter and sugar compared to a cake Oh, really? Yeah, like, wait. If you did, I'm going to go ounces here because I'm really old fashioned. Yeah, no. But if you did a cake with eight ounces of flour, yeah. 
it will be eight ounces of fat, eight ounces of sugar. Right. With a scone, eight ounces of flour, you just have two ounces of sugar mm. and two ounces of butter. Okay. So it's a lot less. God, that's interesting. But then we're going to put loads of jam on it. Yes. Sugar it up. Why not? <laughs> Lovely. Look at that sexy jam. Um, what is that strawberry jam? Strawberry. Do you know what? I'm actually a raspberry jam person, but then I always feel really bad if you've got strawberries because the strawberries oh, go on top and you don't you do strawberry the, yeah, jam. I can understand why you'd want the consistency of... Oh my God, this is thrilling. And then the other thing, oh God, which is a bit controversial, but my family delicious. always did it, so I'm doing it, jam is first. it's not cream, it's... Uh, Greek yogurt because it's live yogurt so it's got the probiotics <gasps> in it yummy and I think it's like because cream I do like cream as well yeah but sometimes it's like having a slightly sh- the slight sharpness of a Greek yogurt and you can I'm always put I love it I'm obsessed with Greek yogurt at the moment I am as well um, and I've because of gut health started having kefir all the time yes and um, and uh, and actually compared to that which I absolutely love because I'm very savoury human generally um, and I like sour, sour things, slightly sour things. But it makes you that when then when you go back to Greek yogurt, it tastes much sweeter and lighter and creamier. Mm. Isn't weird, isn't it? Oh my god, this looks amazing. I think some of the reason why we like we become very used to things very sweet, haven't we? Yes. That's your knife. You can put that on your plate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was getting confused. <laughs> can I put it in there, even though? It's oh not yeah, jammed? I've already put mine in. Okay, great. We can just double dip everywhere here. Yay. Yeah, my friend couldn't have sugar for a while and she went, stopped having sugar and then she realised that everything just tasted sweet anyway. Yeah. So I think we've kind of built this thing, haven't we? Like, someone was saying that, I don't know if you remember, we're, we're the same age, so yes. we probably have the same memories. I will remember. But grapefruits used to be sour. I used don't to be, like grapefruits, so I've not had one for so long. Are they not sour anymore? Well, they're sour, but they're, I'm, when I was a kid, you could not off. just eat a grapefruit. No. And apparently I was listening to a wonderful Radio 4 programme, and they were saying that they've been... Was it the food um, chain? I love that one. No, I, I, mm. it might have been actually, I can't remember. But they said they've been um, mixing, hybriding them with oranges <gasps> over a certain amount no, of time to make them sweeter. No, because handle the bitterness. We cannot handle the bitterness. Oh, it's obscene. Yes, we can. Stop patronising our palates. If you don't like them, you don't like them. I was oversold them by one of my nanas mm. as a very young child. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to take a picture because I haven't built mine very beautifully, but that is my way. It look at this guy. Also, these cool plates look like a biscuit. Oh, yeah. I made these. This is my... I would like... I, I went on Bake Off, them. but... I would like to go on. Yeah, these are my The great, like just throw down. Yes. <gasps> I would much prefer... All of this I'm is... friends with Siobhan. I'll have a word. Please get me on there. I would love it. Oh Although that's, God. you would see me. Bake Off, I was known for being chilled. I would, mm. I mean, I would fall to pieces on throw down. Yeah. It would be brilliant to watch. That is, without doubt, oh, it's, it's way more delicious than last week's. Yes. It's still like and fluffy, it's isn't it? Po- you know, it's got brown Possibly sour. one of the fluffiest scones I've ever had. It's insanely fluffy. It's like the Aero Meta Scone. That's so delicious. And it definitely isn't lacking for sweetness. How lovely to... I'm not sure I'm ever having clotted cream again. The sourness of that yogurt is gorgeous. One of the tips for this, for the fluffiness... I'm such a messy person. Is, <laughs> is the raising agent in scones mm. is the whole thing. It's an alkali and it mixes mm. with an acid to get you the carbon dioxide, mm. blah, blah, blah. And so if you add things that are acidic into it, like lemon juice, or this has live yogurt in, which is very acidic because of the bacteria, then you get a much bigger boost of your raising agent. And also, put it into a hot oven at first, then turn the oven down a bit, so you get a really good like boost at the start. Oh, so you get an initial puff, and then down a bit. Down. (gasps) These sweet, sweet tips. tips. Yeah, it's all about tips. Oh, amazing. Mm. Gosh, I love it. Well, you briefly mentioned eating um, growing up in the sense that you said you always had scones with cream when you were a kid. I'm going to eat the strawberry even though I dropped it on the floor, sorry. That's good. Yummy. Oh, it's so nice. It's so sweet. Um, yeah, talk to me about eating growing up. You're, you're a twin? Yes, a wow. twin. And my mum was very... Where did you grow up? In the UK? Yeah, northeast Yorkshire. Oh, lovely. What no. bit? Whitby. Oh, Whitby. 
Is that the place that's famous for the vampires? And yes. That? Yes, full of goths always. Yes, it's got the international goth weekends there. Mm. It's because Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. Yeah. He wrote, I mean, he didn't actually go to Transylvania. He wrote the last bit from Whitby. Whitby. Yeah. I love it. And so the ship where Dracula comes and dies, mm. the ship comes in, it comes into Whitby's port. Uh, so it's a very it's a very cool yeah. little town. I actually live in one of the little, uh, grew up in one of the little villages just outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's very pretty. And my mum was a total hippie. Mm-hmm. I wonder now whether she'd be called hipster, but I think it would still be hippie. Mm-hmm. And so we, yeah, we were vegetarian. We had chickens. We had a big garden, tiny house, and she made everything from scratch. Wow. And she did, you know, these kind of the food co-op type things like Suma. I don't know if you know. And they've got lovely flash labels. She had it in the years I where have, you'd buy massive. There's a lovely tubs of comedian called Hal Branson whose mum did exactly this. Yes. Yeah. And like huge, I, I'm a sleepwalker and once really? I, I got very ill because I sleptwalked and ate uh, well over a kilo of prunes because my mum <gasps> used to eat like these massive, huge, like 10 I kilo know boxes at a time. I is the proper word for sleepwalking, but I wonder what's, what is this, what's the word for sleep eating, let alone sleep yeah, eating true. prunes. Prunes, which then, yeah, it's not nice for the next few days. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so she, oh, we God. had, we were like dried fruit was our sweets. Like we weren't allowed chocolate right. and crisps mm. and things so much and the great thing for me is that now I mean I loved it at the time but now it means my tastes kind of fit like that right like I didn't have Coca-Cola or yeah we never really went to even restaurants well, I've got so many questions um first of all I need to tell you I did something similar as a child but it was far less holistic um my um dad worked for a wine company all the while mm. I was growing up as a salesman and um yeah, it, was, it did get all. When I was a teenager, he worked for Merton Shondon, and I was like, my friends would be like, we'd all be raiding our kids' booze cabinets, and I'd be coming out with a bottle of Merton Shondon <laughs> to the 15-year-old. Anyway, but before that, he worked for like a general wine selling, as, as like a traveling salesman, basically. But he would, companies often give them freebies, and he had, he had a drawer full of stuff. And I, not knowing what it was, ate a whole bag of um, chocolate-covered coffee beans. And it had a similar impact on me to the prunes, I imagine, over the next few days. But also made me (laughs) utterly wired. I think now you'd probably take a kid to A&E if that had happened, but it was the aces and everyone was a lot more chilled about that. But I was like sweating and no, awake for a long time, sick. Oh dear, terrible times. No, but like um, my other thing that that makes me desperate to ask was, did you ever feel a desire to rebel then from, if there was an absolute rule on um, no high sugar, high processed, you know, McDonald's, Mars bars. Did you never like, were you like, or were you just like, well, I'll try them. I'll try those things one day when I'm older. No, I think because the way my mum did it is, we did, she wouldn't have it wasn't always an absolute thing okay. she wouldn't have been in the house okay. but she wouldn't have stopped us if we'd gone out somewhere or with, we were with our yeah. friends and things but the point for me I think was that we were in the same way that people are conditioned with their tastes when you're yeah. age I didn't want it yeah. if I saw people putting margarine or butter on bread because we didn't we just put jam or peanut butter straight on right. it used to make me feel sick oh, really? I used to hate and, and things that were if I went to my friend's house and their mum made beans on toast but put loads of butter on the toast and it would kind of melt I would like sit there terrified like I actually feel sick looking at this yeah and so I didn't like and like now I don't like Coca-Cola because I didn't I wasn't yeah. given it so it's not and so anytime I would taste those things I was like oh this isn't very nice I don't really want it yeah. and yes there's some things like I love butter now yes and yeah, yeah, yeah. croissants and things but I don't think as a kid or teenager I ever wanted them yeah because the other food is so tasty mm. I used to have dry roasted peanuts in my lunchbox yeah and people used to trade their 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 like mass-produced ultra-processed food yeah. try and trade it for my peanuts George you know it's so lovely to hear that because it, it, almost every other when some memorable guests I've had on I have had it, you know regretful now but moments of embarrassment about when they had a parent who cooked this beautiful homemade stuff for them James Acaster is a really brilliant comedian had, was saying that his mum is and was an exceptional baker and she would she would replicate a penguin from scratch at home. And, you know, he'd look back on it now and think, one, the energy, love, attention, effort that's gone into that. 
too you know they were delicious she was basically doing a one woman snack masters you know but at the time as a kid opening your lunchbox with that slightly knobbly weird looking version of the thing that everybody else just had a packet of it was embarrassing yeah and he's you know he's embarrassed that he was embarrassed then but i think it's um quite rare to hear that even as a kid you're like uh what i've got is great screw you i mean good for you i also wonder where james grew up because i grew up in a weird little I was in like a weird little village. There's oh, only fine. like yeah, 60 yeah, yeah. people in my school. <laughs> Fair play. And we were no, all kind of probably a little bit. So like oh, it was, there was it. definitely a couple of, the, I mean, you were cool if you had a lunchbox in my yeah. school. Everyone else just had um, <laughs> margarine tops and, and like backpacks. Yeah. So probably because like, yeah, we were all living around farms and things. Maybe oh, we just weren't cool enough. Because I don't think I was one of those kids that was kind of like, oh, screw you, I'm just, I like this. I probably would have yeah. been embarrassed if I'd lived somewhere cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bring up kids in a non-cool place. Yeah. And you're sorted. Mm, well, I've gone for Catford, so we'll see how we go with that. Um, Catford's be- becoming cool. cool. It is becoming cool. It is becoming a little bit cool. Yeah. And I, um, I'm from Dorset and my son already started to say... It's just started this summer holidays actually just starts saying, oh my God, like that, even though he's five. Oh my God. Pardon, really? Pardon, love? I'm just saying, oh my God. You're like, okay, love. It'd be problematic if it was an adult talking like that. It's like a middle class, middle class white adult talking like that, but um, he's five. He can do what he wants. He can do what he likes. He's ingratiating himself with his peers. <laughs> Catford, you can do anything in Catford. You can. That's why I love it. Actually, all all things, all things thrive together. It's a really lovely example um, of inc- an incredibly effective, happy, diverse place yeah. where everybody is gets to feel proud. I think of their identity and their culture and stuff. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With your um, gut health expertise, to swerve right back to that, mm. How do you keep up to date with that stuff? Is it still part of your job? Do you read like academic papers and stuff like that? Yeah, both. I do think there's some... I love reading the books. You know when you get those people who are like experts, Mm -hmm. but they write books that are really accessible? Yes, my favourite. There's nothing wrong with it. From Hemingway forward, we have known it is good to write write things that are easy to read. Yeah, so there's a guy called... I don't know if you come across Professor Tim Spector. Yes, I have. I love his books. Wonderful guy. Yeah, I've done his research. Luckily, I'm a twin. What? It's always twins, so we managed to get... (gasps) We sneaked onto the research. Oh, amazing! Um, And I love everything that he does and says. And he's just... He's very... Because he's a professor. Yeah, when you meet him, he is so down to earth. Yeah. He always wants to try and explain things to people at the level that... Like, he listens. Yeah. So then he realises, okay, this is how you'll be able to understand it. And then he explains it to you. He's brilliant. Um, so ideally, I like reading books like that. I do yeah. like I do read some academic papers, but I think I prefer reading 
those kind of more broad books. 100%, yeah. Uh, and then, but also, once you've learned some of the most basic principles, it's common sense as well. Like yeah. this whole thing of, like Tim Spector has a new thing of saying, instead of thinking of your five a day, which incidentally never was five a day, the yeah, research was meant. 10. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> they thought, oh, no one will be able to do that, so let's say five. Anyway, Tim Spector's new thing is saying, well, why don't you think about having 30 different fruit and vegetables a week. each week? Yeah. And also you'll realize, like, I challenged myself with that and did in one meal have 20. Wow. Only because I am a geek and just love yeah, doing yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm vegetarian. Um, but, like, those kind of things are so simple. They're so accessible to think yeah. of rather than having to think of these well, types also, of bacteria. Well, also, I think the thing is and... thinking into... Oh, that's true. And I think the other thing that boggles people sometimes within with the concept of eating five a day is... Because I think of the way some foods are marketed, you you can live. It, what I was going to say is, it, I don't. It, it find it very hard depending on who you are, your body size, your metabolism, or how active you are. What is a portion? Yeah. So there are times where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just ate at least three or five a day, but it was just half a plate of crispy kale or whatever yeah. you know and you're like I, but I don't know I don't know whether that especially if you're going to put 20 in a meal you're like I don't know I'm going to get full at some point like yeah. that has to be 20 really tiny amounts surely exactly yeah because yeah, it's, it's about so getting if you think of it as getting 30 a week then it, you can you don't need to I think for me I've been like I don't know if that was one yeah I think the challenge that he was saying with the 30 of the week is instead of people thinking I'm having my five a day but I have an apple every you know i'm just yeah. safe i have my apple every single day it's like that's actually not doing great for your microbiome because you want a massive diversity yeah. of different fibers and nutrients and things coming through and one simple thing again to know is that like colors usually represent yeah. things so having all things of different colors yeah. uh, all the different fruits and vegetables and just i mean i know living in london's easy but you go here you can get vegetables you've never even seen of before and yeah, just think yeah, i'm yeah. gonna try that and just see what it's it. like yeah. yeah and put it on the internet and go what's that yeah and then have a go Exactly, I've but then I've made an absolute mockery of yams twice now. <laughs> giving up. Oh, I love yams, but I lived in West Africa, so that was oh, you could wow. like yams in West Africa. But if you look on my shelf up here, one of the easy things, yeah, that shelf, the the big jar far along, yeah, is full of it looks like dried. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. It smells. I thought it, it was smells good. I was like, it's got some potpourri up with its <laughs> muesli, right? It's this. This. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it I mean, it's really, pretty. really it does pretty. look like a break. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all different dried fruits, oh, nuts, wow. seeds, cacao nibs. And every oh, time wow. I do it, there's at least 25 different ones every oh. time. You dry your own fruits and yeah. cacao nibs. Good. No, I get obsessed I, when I go, because they're also expensive. So I, whenever I see them in the shops or on offer, yeah. I grab them and I've just got loads oh, stored. And then when I come to make it, I just mix them all together. Lovely. But like that is so easy because you can literally yeah. put a spoon of that. Yeah. On your porridge, or, uh, yeah. into anything. Is there seeds in there as well? Or is Loads of different yeah. seeds are the cheapest. I love seeds. Seeds are the best. I'm quite good at that. I've got one like kilner jar of seeds. Yes. That I will just scoop a bit and chuck it onto your eggs or whatever you're yeah. having. Like it adds from it. There's. It's started to annoy my girlfriend now because she's like, yeah, oh, I wouldn't mind having our meal that hasn't had got <laughs> one of your mucky handfuls of seeds on it. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. The other thing that I do, which is really simple, is behind those jars, you'll see, there's loads of grains, different types Ooh. of grains, like buckwheat, groats. I don't know why they're called groats. Groats uh, is a great name. And, <laughs> yeah, and old rye money. berries. Rye is... old money, groats. Oh, it is, yeah. 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 And rye berries and amaranth right. seeds and quinoa. And I just cook one of those at the start of the week, just boil it so it's soft. Yeah. And then I keep it in the fridge and then I literally put a spoonful of that into a salad, into an omelette, right. into anything you're, like into a curry, into anything yeah. at all. And then you're getting this other amazing grain which helps your microbiome. Wow. Every time you say amazing grain, I think of the song Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> grain. Okay. God, it's so interesting. I want you to say that list of things again more slowly that's in the secret back row. Freaky. Oh, freaky. Freaky is the green version of buckwheat. What is buckwheat? So buckwheat is just a type of... It's another... Just a wheat. Like a wheat, yeah. Like a couscous or a... Well... I was going to say bulgar wheat. Is it nearly the bulgar wheat What did I wheat? say? I didn't say buckwheat, sorry. You sorry. Buckwheat. Freaky is the green version of bulgar wheat. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. So it's very, because bulgur wheat's like the cracked, it's yeah. kind of got the good and most of the goodness taken off it. With, oh, has it? Yeah. yeah. So freaker is the green version of that. So right. it's still got loads of the indigestible starches. Okay. Uh, and, and actually, really I think that's nice. the thing to maybe make clear is that indigestible is good. 
it gives yes. you your body works much harder and then yeah yeah it's good basically we've always thought that the bowel is just about you know getting rid of all the bad stuff in yeah. your body and actually the things that are digestible the soluble things yeah. are taken by our small intestine mm -hmm. help our body run but then when the other things that aren't digested go into the large intestine they're feasted on yeah. by the trillions of bacteria and then they yeah, produce things. Yeah. Did you know, random fact, I love random facts. Yes, please. That in your bowel, it's the microbes in your bowel that produce 90% of the serotonin you use in your body. Excuse and me? this is for your brain. This makes serotonin you feel good. Serotonin is what you get a massive burst of if you take MDMA. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is a much healthier way to have a healthy bowel or a wild life that. And I absolutely recommend the bowel one. Yeah, I mean, you can, the other one can be fun as well. Mm. But yeah, so like there's loads, like people don't realize that the bowel and these microbes are actually making a lot of things that are really important for our immune system and, and our, our brain. Yeah, well, all yeah. of these things. Incredible. Um, yeah. Wow. Oh, amazing. Don't give me on to health facts because then I just get a bit upset. I am keen. Well. I'm a keen person to know all the things. <laughs> also, is it is this slightly new knowledge generally? Because I feel like, uh, was, or was there sort of one person who was shouting about this during our childhood when we were just being told fat is bad yeah you know yeah. Or, or all that other sort of net stuff that we now know is i won't say wrong but really really inaccurate and misleading mm. um or is this relatively newly discovered it's relatively newly discovered and it's definitely relatively newly been put into the forefront mm. so tim Spector still says the amazing thing considering what we know about the microbiome now yeah. where are the specialties mm-hmm you can become a cardiologist, you can become a gastroenterologist. And he's like, in medical school, you'll be lucky if you have like one or two days. On nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, it's and bonkers. On the, and so it's says, bonkers because that's where, well, it's GPs just telling everybody to lose weight. And it's yeah. like, that's not working. If that, if that, was, if that advice worked, they wouldn't, like, you wouldn't still be giving it Mm -hmm. centuries on yeah. like there needs to be a more holistic view of this stuff so in science it's like it's really big in science mm. it's at the forefront and there's loads of people working on it but to bring it out into kind of health in general it's very very new yeah and so quite rightly doctors are struggling because they don't know so it's very yeah, hard yeah. for them to suddenly be expert and but my twin brother's a gp and he oh, obsessively he? just tells people about the microbiome oh i love it <laughs> he probably uses five minutes of all of his 10 minute appointments just talking oh. about the microbiome Oh, wow. I don't know where he's registered, but I've just moved house. I'm in the market for a new GP. Sounds like my kind of guy. Um, was there anything from your childhood that you loved or hated to eat that's gone extinct that you ever occasionally think about and think, oh, that doesn't even exist anymore? Especially maybe some stuff from this co things collective. That, things that I don't like. Or loved or, or hated as a child. I mean, people often say Finder's Crispy Pancakes. It's sad that they went uh, extinct, but you probably weren't given those. No, I wasn't given those. I do know what they are, though. Yeah. I wish sprouts didn't exist because I, oh, okay. I like, eat anything and I hate sprouts. Yeah. And I hate it when people say, like, oh, no, you just haven't tried them stir fried with this and that. No, still don't like no. them. It's just not my thing. And there's an aroma, however you cook them. Yeah. It's, it's like a really intense capsule. I think of them as a sort of cabbage fetus. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. By the it's way, sparkling water is not good for like... No, I know, you podcast. can tell that I'm 100% kind of I'm like, talking <laughs> through <laughs> and my burps. I know one, Cadbury's Fuse Bar. Ooh. Do you remember Cadbury's <gasps> Fuse Bar? I'd forgotten about them. I loved that. Know? No one wanted it, and then at one point, they kept on being reduced in price, so I was getting all the Cadbury's no Fuse Bars. No one did want them, and they were great. And did they have a little bit of raisins and crispy? Yeah, and even little crispy, tiny bits of fudge and crispy bits. Of, but with loads, basically yes. this is sort of, oh, they were like an oblong topic meets a rocky road. Exactly, yeah, like a more solid rocky yeah, road, weren't they? Yeah, solid rocky yeah. road. Instead of it being like oh. chewy, it was more like it was just bound with harder chocolate. And intense, so such hard chocolate, and then just serious um, textures. Also, within. do you ever remember, again, this was one, you know those shops where things that, um, like usually those freezer shops, we had one in our town, yeah. but he didn't just have freezers, they've had other things. And when they've not really been, they've not really sold, they've sold to these shops cheap, then you get them really cheap. <laughs> yeah. And my mum came back once with these triple chocolate Twixes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So there was chocolate biscuit, chocolate caramel, and chocolate round them. Oh my. And apparently they didn't hit off, so we got like <gasps> a box of 100, and that was our one snack, a treat we're allowed for 
for like two years. Oh wow! But no one's ever heard of them. And once no. I thought I'd forgot, I thought I'd made them up, and then I found them and I googled them once. Well, if anybody's going to find them, it's going to be somebody that listens to this podcast, David. <laughs> they might do a dusty one at the back of a cupboard somewhere, and we'll try and find it for you. Triple chocolate Twixes. There are so many random limited edition Twixes in the world, and mm. I have, thanks to a listener been tipped off about a website where you can source from all over the world very Uh. random it's quite often you know you'll have a winter spice twix or whatever and be like well i'm never having that again because another christmas has gone and it didn't come back out but it it did in turkey or whatever so someone somewhere there yeah you might be able to find it from i love it what would you say is the worst looking but best tasting thing you've ever eaten or one of them it's a tricky question this is going to be quite bad because Although I'm vegetarian now, I have worked and lived in a lot of different countries and you get to learn, you get to realise how conditioned you are to certain things. Yeah. And when you are offered a food that you think, oh, that's not very nice, Um, but I'm going to try it because I want to be open to these things. I think you try it, it's amazing. Balot, which is a Filipino duck egg with a little baby duck embryo inside. (gasps) And it is the tastiest piece of duck you would ever eat. I mean, it does... If you kind of pull all the egg away, it's like this little jelly ducky baby. It's wow, kind of a bit wow, sad, but wow. it is really tasty. Wow. So yeah, that's probably... And it, yeah, it doesn't look nice. No. Close your eyes and have a splendid time. Yeah. Um, I feel like that about oysters. We don't want to look at that. You don't, you don't need to look at that. I think oysters are overrated, though. I love them. Really? I wouldn't want them every day, but I think of them... I associate them with um, big, like... My holidays as a kid were to France, camping, and always be with cousins or with other friends of my parents and their kids. And it was like a treaty thing we did there. Even though we grew up by the sea in Dorset, we would get oysters from wherever the sea was and whatever bit of France we were in. And then we'd, and they'd like, the dads would crack them open and you'd squeeze them. And as a kid, it would be like, who's brave enough? Who's brave enough? Yeah, I guess. Um, and so now I think, but also. And you said you like I'm salty food. I'm really into salty flavors. Yeah. It's big, strong. Quite often people, you know, someone would be like, well, this is too salty for me in a restaurant or whatever. I'm like, I love it. I love it. You need to come around for dinner again because my partner, I mean, I cannot even describe how much salt he eats. Oh. Like if you saw the way he I spreads hummus on bread. And then actually you can see, sprinkle salt and so you can see the salt yes. still. It doesn't go. And so we are a very hot, salty household now. Yeah. And he also, like, he doesn't eat any of my, he doesn't like sweet things at all. He doesn't <gasps> eat any cakes. Like, it's either me or I have to give them to people. Um, so oh. yeah, you need to come around for dinner. A salty dinner. I would love dinner. to come around to dinner. And I will bring a selection of salts to impress him. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. Um, Oh, okay. Well, on that note, then, what's the swankiest thing you've ever eaten? Because I was talking about oysters, I think. I associate them with swankiness. Oh, swanky. I mean, Mm. I'm sure. Yeah. Before I was on Bake Off and then got invited to things. I was going to say, yeah, great. I did mystery dining when I first came to London. (gasps) I did mystery dining. And you know, I was so... Tell me, tell us what that is. Mystery dining is when you go to a restaurant... Um, and the restaurant doesn't realise that you are like a mystery shopper, like you're oh, going to eat a meal. But actually, it's not just about the meal. Often, the report you have to write That's afterwards service. is about the toilets, about yeah. the service, about everything. Uh, and there's a lot to write, and you're not allowed to take notes because obviously they would know. So you've got to kind of remember it all. And I got really good at it. Oh, um, my wow. reports, I made such a lot of effort. It was kind of like, I, I was pretending I was some kind of like newspaper food critique. I love it. Critique? Critique. And so... I then got invited to, started getting the invites to kind of the posher restaurants. Yeah. So I went to the soft opening of Sexy Fish. Oh, wow. Which is in Berkeley Square. Oh, lovely. Uh, and I do remember at the time then, I thought I was the coolest person ever. Like I, and the yeah. food was delicious. It was yeah. really, really good. But I would probably still say the swankiest is probably, you know, when you go to somewhere like France and Spain mm. and you go to these places and it's on the beach and you just get the most incredible cut of fish and it's yeah. just been flavored it's like been cooked really oh. simple it's just got lemon juice i feel like a king when i'm yeah. having like a piece a tuna steak or something oh, like that or it, yeah something where you can you yeah it's so obviously just come out of that sea that's right next to you yeah. that is something else do you still eat fish in those circumstances 
Yes, yeah. we still sometimes eat. You know, this whole thing about saying vegetarian, I, you know, you said you're agnostic. Like, I came from quite a religious family. Right. And I don't like the religiosity of oh, name titling. Your, I know. Like, I can still say I'm vegetarian if for 12 months I eat solid vegetables and <laughs> had chicken once. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah, a vegetarian yeah, yeah. and I call myself a vegetarian. Well, I know, and I, I yeah. But I don't I've like gone, the label on I've it gone all. through many guises since yes. starting this podcast and I've decided the safest thing is to say oh, omnivore with planty leanings. Oh, I might start seeing that on them because... It's very long. <laughs> I just say vegetarian, but actually, I, and especially when I travel with work mm. still, I'll eat well, anything this is one of my things. Me. I think as well, if you're interested in eating and, uh, I, and you're lucky enough to get to have adventures to places, that's part of experiencing the place to me. And so... In those, and, it, and I feel that way actually about, um, you know, if I'm going to an exciting restaurant as well as I got I don't want to be limited by any rules, but also psychologically for me, I do very well um, in terms of having the most ordered, and I don't mean ordered, I mean the opposite, ironically, eating, but the happiest relationship with eating if I have uh, an abandonment of rules. Yes. Um, or absolute rules, I should say, not an abandonment of rules. I wouldn't just like pick up a fucking <laughs> cat and eat that. <laughs> um, but but on eat that off other note, people's table at the restaurant. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> and you can tell me to get stuffed if you like, because it's a very invasive question. But would you say you've always had a good relationship with eating? Um, yes and no. Yeah. I think on the whole, yes. But this is the thing, right? With the whole thing of saying about um, if you're vegetarian or blah, all these titles. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of food shame. Yeah. And. I think I've like I've never had the kind of thing to do with like I've always been quite slim so I've never had the thing of thinking about oh I can't yeah. eat this because of what it'll make me fat which a yeah. lot of people have and things <clears throat> and and associating all negative shameful things around that but I definitely have had a thing of thinking oh I my friends always knew me as a foodie so then I wouldn't I would always pretend oh I've never had crunching up conflicts I've never like, oh, just, like really? yeah and I'd feel this yeah. pressure and then because people would make comments about it as well like oh you you eat that even I'm like yes I do eat that and like, even and now when people say snobs though isn't it yeah like, I did well um next week's episode is with Jay Rayner and he's mm. like I think people assume that I'm because of what I write in my job that every night I go home and have you know someone roasts me a swan that's not how life works yeah and actually if he's even saying, you know, long live the crispy pancake in the right circumstances, it, the fault for that shame absolutely lies in anyone with snobbery yeah. about that. Like I'm into you. healthy eating, but I want ice cream. Yeah. I want to have a croissant. I, yeah. yeah, it's so, I think, so I think, I, I think, but on the whole, I think I do have a generally, and like everything in the world, everything's yeah. been better. Every relationship in my life's yeah. been better since over 30 Oh, it's so true. Anyone that's under 30, wait till you're 30. Please. I looked into the microphone while saying that. I loved it, but it's so true. It does come. Because, but also, I think it's a lovely thing to say, because I think so many people have a wobble on their 30th birthday. Oh, I had mine six months before as a surprise. But like, you know, mental health wobble, because it does feel like a landmark turning of age, doesn't it? It feels like a coming, and it does feel like, I, I found myself kind of going... Well, like doing that awful thing we go, well, I plan to get this, this, and I wanted these things to have happened in my life by this point and stuff. And you're like, no, that stuff is so unhelpful for the majority of people. Equally, mm. it feels like if anyone's listening who's on the, around that time in their life, it's just better and better and better and better and better. Definitely, that. definitely. There must be a point where it starts. Care less about the things that aren't worth caring about. Yeah. You just, it just becomes clearer effortlessly who you are at the moment. And who you are might change. I've changed yeah. loads since I turned 30, but I feel comfortable as someone who's in a regular state of change. And you only slightly creak more and get more. I mean, yes. recovering from an injury is Oh my, I was going to say that's the one really annoying thing. But just hit 30, yeah. do yoga. Do yoga or even just do your mobility <laughs> if you're into, yeah. Do some stretching, have a little stretch yeah. and you'll be fine. Um, five second rule, yes or no? Uh, longer than five seconds. It's got definitely. to be longer, isn't it, for yeah. our gut health, actually, if nothing definitely. else. Um, if there was no other option, would you eat a person? <laughs> yeah, so interestingly, this is one of my biggest regrets in life. I lived oh. in Papua New Guinea. <gasps> I've been offered human flesh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There was whoa, one of the whoa, tribes whoa. that I um, I lived next to, and they still eat humans. They don't kill yeah. for um, to do it. And it's seen as one of the most impressive things. If you die and they're able to use your body, because there's a lot of rules in this tribe yeah. about what, you know, in this circumstances you've died. If they're able to use your body, that is the biggest 
thing that you are going to then live on in your family and friends. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which so, I so love. if you die of something where it's really obvious, like your boat capsized or whatever. Yes, and, and there's only certain parts oh, um, that they would be able to eat, and then they would have a feast. And that was offered Is it, it the bum? No, it, 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 for this tribe, it was anything above the waist. Oh, really? But then below the neck. And also the arms didn't count either. Oh, it's so interesting because yeah. I think the only bit that ever looks delicious is the bum. <laughs> and it probably Maybe is. Maybe a peck or a booby. The bum, as long as it's... Yeah, yeah the bum would be good. Really? Although it's used quite a lot. The best muscle ones Absolutely that I've bum. used as much. Yeah. But yeah, I, and I turned it down because I was yeah. very young at the time. And I thought, oh, that's terrible. But now it's like honestly one of my biggest food regrets. Really? Yeah. So I would that's 100% so eat people now. Yeah. <gasps> Mmm, delicious. Crying gets made illegal and the repressed tears start forcing people's heads to explode. Mine, for example, would have blown up within about three hours. It's a massacre and a lesson for us all about toxic masculinity and Britishness. Luckily, they've agreed to reverse the law and go back to the time, go back in time as if they'd never made the law. But only if you and Weird, it does have to be you, David Rapp. Um, wrap tie a million pairs of trousers into one massive knot without any snack breaks. All the while, Mongolian throat chanting so that your mouth would have been busy anyway. It sounds impossible, but you do it! You're a hero. You go down in history as the man who saved us all from our exploding um, heads from a burstable amount of tears. Um, your reward is, a, you know, an absolute place in legend. But your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. And obviously you're starving because you're, you're, the chanting and the knotting, that took hours and hours and hours and you, you couldn't have any snacks. Um, but you're so giddy. It's not like a last minute at all. It's the opposite. You couldn't be happier and you couldn't be hungrier. It's a fantasy feast. So anything is possible. And um, I don't care actually about ethics or health or consequences at all. I'd love to know what you would eat, um, what you'd drink, and if there's a who, with, and where, I'd love to hear who, with, and where. And another caveat, and the final one to add, is that um, I hereby acknowledge that this is only your answer now, and were I to ask you this <laughs> in 10 minutes, you could give a totally different answer. So my answer will be the same okay. for every single thing. Okay. Is a really good malted sourdough, oh. slice of it, toasted, and peanut butter. Mm. I am obsessed with peanut butter. And then for dessert? Yeah marzipan <gasps> that is it that's it simple taste I, so I mean simple. if I give you an example, like my mum when we were growing up she made homemade bread for us mm. every week and she always made brown bread and once she allowed the kids to choose what we had for Christmas dinner and we chose white bread rolls and peanuts oh. like my whole family loves peanuts and peanut butter wow so that's definitely going to be my feast I love it and are you having a, anyone there? I'd have my twin brother but I am the hero, okay. so I get to eat as much marzipan first, because yes, yes. he's also obsessed with marzipan. Okay. There uh, can be enough before. marzipan for both of you. It's a fantasy. Oh, okay. I see. Maybe in the fantasy, I, see, I still want you to quite get like the seconds. idea of him getting a little bit. Yes. Less. Yeah. Definitely. I understand. Yeah. Okay, that's a really fun bit to add. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this. You're thank perfect. you. What a lovely man. And as if he wasn't lovely enough, then he gave me some of those scones to take away and I didn't have anything to take them in. So he just gave me a beautiful piece of pottery that he'd actually bloody made with his own hands. And I put the scones in that. Oh, God. I'd, I'd marry him if that was an option. So, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, okay. Follow him on Instagram. That's the least he can do. At Nomad Baker David, he is on there. Um, and I mean, got to get your mitts on his books. Um, the is there are three of them. Um, uh, there's one about mm, sort of a holistic look at it's sort of food that's good for you in a holistic way and I think quite a sort of brainy modern kind of angle on health and then there's two for kids um my first cookbook and his new one is my first green cookbook which is a vegetarian cookbook for kids as mentioned in the podcast as ever there are notes podcast notes I make them arduously carefully to go with each podcast anything in capitals in those notes means you can click it and it'll be a link to his Instagram or his books or whatever also I need to add after this episode um that uh, triple chocolate twixes weren't just a dream that david had you can buy them for a rip-off price on the internet right now <laughs> but in sort of comical news really um fuse bars you can't um buy it anywhere 
other than, get this, in India. That's where Cadbury's sell fuse bars now and nowhere else. Wild. Feel free to support this hoovering podcast with five-star reviews and recommendations or indeed with actual money on ACAST supporter or Patreon. Links again to those things too are in the podcast notes. Mainly, I just want you to enjoy it, please. Follow us at the Hoovering Pod on social media. I'm on there too, at Jessica Fosterkew. If you want to come see my stand-up, I'll honk on about that on the socials there. Anything longer than a tweet? To send me, you can email me through my website, jessicafosterkew.com. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.